Revelation chapter 21, we're going to start at verse 9, we're not going to back up, not going to review, we're just going to truck, and uh, praise God that we're excited about people getting saved, because they're now going to heaven instead of hell, amen, if they're the age of accountability, uh, and I thank God for the good reports of last night, 54 ladies, I believe it was, how in the world did y'all fit in that room with all that hot air uh, circulating? Amen. <laughs> and I'm getting in big trouble, amen. But I mean, that, I'll tell you what, I had some uh, leftover ice cream cake, and I didn't touch those things that looked like ladybugs. They had olives on them, and I would not touch an olive if I was dying. But um, though they, had, they had some great, great desserts and great food, but most of all, they had great fellowship. And as I said, it's not just fellowship that we come for, it's fashioning for the future. We're trying to instill in these young ladies uh, to be ladies and to make the right choices, to marry right, and um, uh, be, be under the authority of God and their decisions, and just fear God and be ladies of God. So every moment was worth the packed house last night. Amen? I'm so happy in the middle of the summer our church could have problems of having not enough room. Isn't that a blessing? This is a good crowd. Now, this is like a Sunday night crowd. It's wonderful. I believe God's doing something great in our church. I appreciate it so much. We even had visitors here last night. That's a blessing. Revelation chapter 21. Let's stand on the Word of God. And I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to read uh, through at least verse 21. But I'll try to preach the entire chapter. And there came unto me one of the seven angels. This is amazing to me. That had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. And talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. In the midst of the judgment, he says, Okay, it's, that's over, now I'm going to show you grace. And he carried me away into the Spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. What a sight. Having the glory of God, and her light was likened to a stone most precious, even like jasper stone clear and crystal. And it had a wall, and it had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates and twelve gates, twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates, and the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. That's very significant. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth foursquare in the length of as large as, uh, as the breadth and the measure of the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs or 1,500 miles. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. So it's 1,500 miles cubed. And we measured the walls thereof in 140 and 4 cubics according to the measure of man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall, it was jasper. And the city was pure gold, likened to clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all matter of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedonium, and the third emerald, fourth emerald, and the fifth sardis, and the sixth uh, sardius, and seventh crystallite an eighth beryl, and ninth topaz, and tenth Christopherus, and eleventh jacinth, and twelfth 
amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Very significant. Every, every several gate was one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. Let's read on. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty uh, and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon, to shine it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no light night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations unto it, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whosoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Thank you for standing. I know a lot of you are very tired because you worked very hard today. Father, use this message. Help us to realize how wonderful it's going to be to be in heaven forever. And God, help us not just to have it as a destination, but God, help us to have it as a motivation to have others go with us. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's begin with verse 9, and we're going to move right through, the, through this uh, uh, chapter and just give you a quick outline of it. And this is so uh, thrilling and so such a relief after the tribulation and all the judgment that's fall, fallen during Revelation 6 through 18, which is the tribulation. And the, and the word church is never mentioned there because the church is not there. But we sure are going to be here. And in verse 9, we see, and I hope you have an outline. Has everybody got an outline? Anybody need an outline? Uh, okay, we had, it's the same one as last week. <clears throat> but if you were not here last week, uh, I put 20 more back on that pew. The rest of you just flip over the page and you'll find the outline of Revelation 21, 9 through 21. Raise your hand again, Brother Vinny. I'll get you one. Thank you, sir, for your energy. Verse 9, the Bible says this, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vows full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And so this is very interesting. Here's a glorious descent, and he shows, is shown by the angel that brought the seventh vow, which was a terrible judgment upon this earth, hellstone, 125 pounds hitting this earth. Death takes a holiday, Revelation chapter 9. Demonic locust beast uh, released from this earth, and I'm telling you what, all hell broke out. On the earth. And now here's all heaven coming down to earth. And we see this seen by John, verse 10. And he carried me away in the Spirit into a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. This is the second time that um, uh, John describes himself in the Spirit. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And then also we see that he's in the Spirit uh, after great tribulation and great trials. And he's there in the Spirit, and he sees what God wants him to see, and we see that it's uh, likened to a bride. Verse 10 says, Whether the city of God floats above the new earth or actually comes and rests upon is unclear, but we know that there's the doors are open, and people can enter into this capital city of heaven, and folks, it's brought down to this earth. And folks, with shimmering, yellowish, golden beauty, the city of God shines with a radiant, scintillating illumination. It's going to be like nothing else uh, you've ever seen. I know you've been to Disney World and seen all the twinkling of the lights. I know you've been to different places where there's great and glorious lights. 
But I want to tell you something, friend. This is going to be beyond description. But I believe, as our speaker said during Vacation Bible School, God's going to help us to have a glorified sight and a glorified uh, hearing, and, and we'll be seeing the whole spectrum of light. And we'll be able to comprehend this. But the Bible says John was in the, on, in the Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Are you in the Spirit right now? I don't care who's preaching. If you don't listen by the help of the Spirit, Revelation chapter 3, 4, 5, seven times it says, listen to what the Spirit saith unto the church. As much as the Spirit ought to be in the preacher, Brother Steve, there ought to be some Spirit in the listener. And if you're not in the Spirit, you're going to miss what God says to your heart. You might hear it in your ear, but you're not going to hear it in your heart. And then we see the grand description. Let's start with verse uh, 10. Uh, excuse me, verse 11. And having the glory of God, and her light was likened to stone, most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal, as illuminating radiance to that city, if you'll notice your outline. Shines how? Or with what? But it's better said with who? The glory of God. Folks, uh, the glory of God. The glory of God was manifested on the uh, Mount of Transfiguration. And I'm telling you what, uh, those three that were up there could hardly stand to see the glory of God. Folks, it was, it was beautiful. Uh, it's like the burning bush. Moses looked at the glory of God, and it shone on his face, and he didn't want it to fade and so he put a veil over his face, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. But the Bible says we're changed from uh, grace to grace and glory to glory by the illuminating light of God's Word. Amen? And God's Spirit. You ought to be the light of the world. You ought to be the light of the world, but you're not going to have much light unless you get in this book. You're not going to have much light unless you're linked up with the Holy Ghost, which is the light of this world. And He enlightens us. He illuminates us. He convicts us of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. And folks, He resembles, and He is, the Lord Jesus Christ. So it resembles a clear, crystalline jasper. What a beautiful sight that's going to be, folks. And I want to tell you something. It's shimmering. It's yellowish. It's golden. It's beauty. And I'll give you the definition of all these colors here in just a moment, what a sapphire and emerald and all that is. But it's not really important because Jesus will outshine them all and without light, there is no color. And in darkness, you do not distinguish light. So Jesus brings the light and the life and the living to your life. Heaven's full of joy and, and, uh, and, uh, and peace and warmth and love and laughter. I believe it would be hard to laugh in heaven, say amen. I don't think we ought to just moan around, amen. I think we ought to have an excitement about heaven. And then we see um, in verse 12, it says, And I had a wall great and high and twelve gates, and at the, at the gates twelve angels, and the names written thereof, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And so, folks, we see the foundation, the foundation to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. The redeemed Israelites will be there. The lost Israelites will not. How many appreciated Brother Sam preaching the other night? He called me up. Yesterday I said, boy, I really enjoyed preaching at Whitfield Baptist Church. I always wanted to preach at Whitfield Baptist Church where I met all those missionaries that came out of, of Whitfield Baptist Church. And he was so complimentary. He wanted to know if we wanted to do a soul winning um, seminar, how to win souls. I said, sure we do. One day we'll, we'll book you and have you back. But I appreciate the way he 
had a burden for the Jews and also for the Gentiles. We ought to have a burden for the Jews. But a lost Jew is a religious but lost person. It's just like a lost Baptist, a lost Methodist, a lost Catholic. Folks, you're either saved or lost. So folks, listen, it, it, we see the redeemed Israelites are there. And then we see uh, the real magnificence of this metropolis. I want you to look at verse 13. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. On the west, three gates. It was balanced, amen? And the wall of the city had 12 foundations. In them, the gates of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And so we see 12 layers of heaven. We see it's as wide and deep, 1,500 uh, miles wide and deep and, and just as high. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a mammoth place. And, uh, and millions and millions of people could be on just the uh, ground level of heaven. There's going to be 12 stories high. And folks, we see the uh, Jewish foundation, and then we see the apostle foundation. Look at verse 14. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations in them, the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So here's the men that uh, uh, were sent forth with the gospel. Their names are going to be engraved on the wall. I was at a church the other day, and there was a little old plaque outside on a brick saying, founded by Cecil Hodges, Bible Baptist Church, uh, uh, Skidaway. I said, well, that's nice. They put the founding pastor on the bottom brick outside next to the flower pot. Hey, hallelujah. That's, that's fine. But I want to tell you something, friend. The greatest foundation and the only foundation is not the apostles, but who the apostles represented, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the founder of this church. He uses some servants, but praise God, He's the one that we ought to engrave into our soul and have His name upon the doorways of our heart. And His foundation is greater than any foundation. There's no other foundation laid except Jesus Christ. What a foundation. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. I feel sorry for people who have no foundation. That's what that was about last night. Young ladies were trying to... You've got to realize you've got to have a foundation for marriage. You've got to have a foundation for your teenage years. And that foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. And a little five-year-old getting saved is wonderful because they, they can have a foundation from very young. Some of you were saved when you were that young. Now I'll tell you why a person gets saved that young. Because they're in church nine months prior to the time they show up. Say amen. They ain't heard. I, I guarantee you some babies know my voice before they even come into this world. But we want them to know God's voice, amen? They probably jumped when mama went to sleep while I'm preaching. No, not really. Thank God for uh, this couple raising their little girl. She came to me a while ago and said, I'm going to make it public, and my mama's going to come too. I said, praise God, that's good, amen. We'll let her come, amen? But I want to tell you something, that's good. She's ready. She's ready to do something for God. Foundation. Train them up when they're young, and folks, I want to tell you something. The only way to train up a child the way she goes is walk that way first. Amen? Before I was talking to someone today that spent time with Larry Stiles in jail. And he talked about the time, the, the, the 13 months they spent together in jail. And he got saved. And he said, you know, that Larry Stiles told me that he wasn't ever going to come back to this jail except one way. And that was to tell them how to be saved. And he said he instantly changed in jail. 
And I mean, he tall. He wouldn't let me get out of West Yellowknife. I was there looking to remodel a bathroom. I didn't want to talk about the jail ministry. And man, praise God, he did. And he was excited because of the change that was wrought in Larry Styles' life. His name's Thomas. You know him. I mean, he's a talker. And I'm telling you what, he was excited about being saved. And he said, on the front of that track is my name in bold print. And, he, and, and Brother Larry said, what, what's there is there. Amen. And he said, I don't mind. But he said, I'm glad I'm saved. And I'm glad that Larry's saved. And that's a blessing. And so, folks, a foundation. Don't waste your life in all these years with no foundation. It's a foundation that you'll never regret. And so he talks about that foundation. But look at verse 13 real quick. It says on the, no, excuse me, verse 14. The wall of the city had 12 foundations in them, the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the walls thereof. And the city lieth four square, equal. And the length of the, as large as breadth and the measure of the city with, with the reed, 12,000 furloughs. And the length and the breadth and the height are equal. Thank God, friend. Listen, we see in uh, verse 14, the 12 apostles are mentioned. And the chief cornerstone, of course, is the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then we see the dimensions are enormous. 1,500 miles square. That is equal to Maine to Florida and 500 miles west of the Mississippi. That's a big area for the first floor of the city, the capital city of Jerusalem. Millions of people could uh, have a farm on that first level. It just blows my mind about how tremendous the, this city is. And it all coming down, uh, floating down from heaven and puts John on the mountain so he can see this glorious 12,000 furloughs long, 12,000 furloughs broad, 12,000 furloughs high. And folks, we see the golden glaze of it. Look at verse um, 18. There's a big debate whether people are walking on the golden streets now or they're going to wait to this city of Jerusalem. It really don't matter because we're going to walk in the light of the glory of God. Look at verse um, 18. The Bible says this, And the building of the wall was as jasper in the city, pure gold, likened to clear glass. Then this multicolored jewels on the city's foundation is, is, is phenomenal. Look at verse 19. And the foundation of the wall of the city was garnished with all matter of precious stones. Reminds us of the garnish of the high priest when he entered into the holies of holies. Or excuse me, before he entered into the holies of holies. And it was upon his heart, the twelve tribes and all the jewels, the scintillating beautiful gold. The first foundation was jasper. That's yellow. Um, yellowish. It's a, it's a yellow that we've never seen. It's glorious. Somebody wanted to paint these walls yellow. We never did. But look at this. Uh, we, we, did, we do have blue carpet to remind us that we have uh, the ribbon of blue on the bottom of the robe says we belong to heaven and our destination is heaven. We might change that in the near future. Probably split the church. But anyway, uh, the second foundation is sapphire. Look at it in verse 19. And the foundation of the wall of the city was garnished with all matter of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper. The second was sapphire. Now what is sapphire? Sapphire is a blue. And then the third foundation is chalcedonium. What is that? That is a um, pale or maybe a, a, a beige color. The fourth foundation is emerald. Glorious green. And that represents eternity. That's the color of eternity, green. And then the fifth foundation is sardox. 
which is a reddish color. And the sixth foundation is Sardis, and that's another red leaning towards purple. The seventh foundation is crystallite, that's yellowish. The eighth foundation is beryl, that's a bluish green. The ninth foundation is a topaz, that's white and uh, fading into, or, or, or into yellow. The tenth foundation is uh, crisparis, and that's whitish. The eleventh foundation is jacinth, which is red with a slight purple. The twelfth foundation is amos, that's purple, that's royalty. The golden streets of the sea, look at verse 21. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was one pearl, and the, city the, and, the, and the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. Now, folks, every one of these beautiful jewels garnishes the foundation, and there's a beautiful uh, gold, and some people die and go to hell for gold. One day we'll be walking on it. Amen? It's going to be transparent, translucent. It's going to be scintillating. It's going to be beautiful be glorious. But there's one thing that I often wondered about, why pearl gates? That's not a beautiful jewel. And folks, it says 12 pearls and several gates as one pearl. And the streets of the city were pure gold, as it were transparent glass. I believe the reason for the pearl is this, is that a pearl is brought about by suffering. A pearl goes through great tribulation and great suffering. And I believe the gates of pearl point back to Calvary. And that, folks, there was suffering. And, folks, He took your hell for you so you wouldn't go there. And He took and paid your sin debt. And there was a pearl of great price that was purchased at Calvary. And so, folks... Don't ever get over it, and you won't even get over it. When you're in heaven, you're going to see pearl gates. One solid, huge, tall pearl. It's going to be amazing. And that pearl is going to remind you it's all because of Calvary. It's all because of Calvary that you're going to heaven. There'll be no big shots in heaven, and there'll be no I-ism in heaven, and there'll be no works in heaven. And we won't point back to our baptism. We won't point back to our works. We won't point back to uh, Lord's Supper. We won't point back to anything but the pearl of great price, Calvary. Salvation. Eternal life through Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? I'm glad I know the way to heaven. I'm glad I'm going to heaven. And I'm glad that even though I'm not good enough to go to heaven, God was good enough to give up heaven and come to this earth die for me, took my place. Even the decor of heaven is going to remind us of Calvary. Now let me close reading to verse 22. It says, And I saw no temple therein, and the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Now folks, I want to tell you something. There's no need of, of a temple. There's no need of, of a temple because He is the sanctuary. The sanctuary of the city is the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 23. And the city had no need of sun, neither the moon, to shine. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Notice the word John uses for Jesus, Lamb. Again, pointing back to the blood, pointing back to Calvary. There's no other way. In the Bible days, the temple was a beautiful, beautiful place. And it had certain kind of furniture there. It had beautiful doors, 
Jesus said, I am the door. It had altars. And the blood was shed at the altar. It was a, the altar pointed to the altar of Calvary. There was a laver that I pointed out sun, Sunday morning, uh, cleansed um, by the water of the Word. And the Word is Jesus. There's a table of bread, showbread, right outside the holy place. Jesus is the bread. There's a golden candlestick, a candle opera, and Jesus in John 8, 12 is the light. And then, folks, there's, um, there's incense that's burning, and Jesus is the high priest. So everything about the tabernacle, everything about the temple was pointing to Jesus, but also pointing to one day there won't be no temple, there won't be no tabernacle. The Bible says that. Jesus will be the temple, and Jesus will be the focus. And folks, what makes heaven so glorious is Jesus. With all the scintillating illumination, the divine illumination, the great and mighty doors and the great and mighty tiers of jewels, foundations, folks, the light of that, of that place is going to be Jesus. And the life of that place is going to be Jesus. And the license to that place is going to be Jesus. And the entrance to that place is going to be Jesus. And folks, you can call me narrow-minded, and some people call me that. And I hope I'm so narrow-minded about the blood of Jesus and Calvary that a mosquito could light on my nose and kick both eyeballs out. <laughs> That's narrow-minded, isn't it? Amen. Because I'm telling you, I'm narrow-minded about the way to heaven. And people have accused us of being uh, partial about the way to heaven. Well, let me say this. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man come to the Father but by me. Jesus said in John 10, 9, I am the door. Acts 4, 12, there is no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved. Jesus is what's going to make heaven for me. Let's close this chapter. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all the day, and there shall be no more night there. In Noah's day, the, the door was shut. and It was so big, God had to shut it. Romans chapter 6, excuse me, Genesis chapter 6, verse 19, I believe it is. But look at verse 26. And they shall bring the glory and honor of all nations unto it. Folks, if they're going to bring all the glory and honor of all nations unto heaven. We need to glorify and honor Him today. But here's the most essential verse in chapter 21. And there shall in no wise enter into anything that falleth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or make of the lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. The only way you're going to get to heaven, and the greatest and most monumental issue of life, is are you saved? Are you going to heaven or hell? I preached on hell last week, in the neighborhood of hell, that you don't want to go there. Verse 9, verse 8. Here is a beautiful, beautiful picture of our capital city, Jerusalem, heaven. And folks, what lights and what makes it heaven is Jesus Christ. He is the light, the focus, and He's the Lamb, and He's the King of kings, and He's the Lord of lords. And folks, I want to tell you something. He, he will be adored for eternity in heaven. I believe that heaven should not be a destination it ought to be a motivation. Paul described the heavenly body in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1. For we know that our earthly house and this tabernacle were not dissolved. We have a building of God, 
a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. He says we groan. And, but, you know, verse 7, he says we ought to walk by faith and not by sight. And then it's, it gives this word that's very important. He says, and we are confident, I say, verse 8 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, rather be absent from the body than be present with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Seventh-day Adventist, there is no soul sleep. Catholic, there is no purgatory. You cannot buy your loved ones out of purgatory. No matter how many offerings you give, no matter how many times you're baptized for the dead, Mormons, you cannot buy your loved ones out of some place that's a waiting place. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The moment you die, you're either going to heaven or hell. But what, what about now? Look at verse 9. It says, Wherefore, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we labor, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Wherefore, since heaven is so real, and our heavenly body is going to be so wonderful, no more arthritis. How many, how many of you had a hard time getting out of bed this morning? How many was about to have a heart attack last night because it was so hot in that little room? Griped all the way home. No, not really. Folks, listen, all that's going to be past tense. We're going to have a heavenly body, a heavenly perspective. What a beautiful sight it's going to be. That's all going to wane into insignificance when we see Jesus. And so wherefore, what should we do? The Bible says we labor. That's a four-letter dirty word to some people, work. And whether preserves or we may be what? Accepted of the beloved. Why live to please others, to please yourself, when God was pleased to bruise His only Son that you might be free? See, heaven should be more than just a destination. It ought to be a motivation. How many of you know someone that's not going to heaven? Think about that just a second. You know them. That's your sacred trust. You know them. How many know someone that uh, living like they're not going? They living like they're going to hell. That's your sacred responsibility to teach them. They're wasting their life. And one day at the judgment seat of Christ, there'll be tears and regret and an empty hand and no crown to cast at Jesus' feet. And that's why the Bible says we persuade men with fear or terror because the judgment seat of Christ is coming soon. Heaven is a wonderful place. What a day that will be. And I never did get that key that y'all played in, but praise God, I'm telling you, the that's a, going to be a great day. What a day that's going to be. But I want to tell you something today. Wherefore, we ought to labor and be accepted and be acceptable and please God because He paid it all. And One day when we look back to those pearly gates, we'll say it was worth it all. When we cast our crowns at His feet, we'll say it was worth it all. 
will sing praises to Jesus in perfect harmony and perfect peace with perfect hearts and perfect voices forever. I'm mean, glad you're going to heaven. Say amen. amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this description of heaven. It's been really hard to preach because it's beyond my vocabulary. All I can do is read it and rejoice in it. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be beyond any vocabulary word that I know. It's going to be scintillating, beautiful, glorious, brilliant, translucent. Yes, all that, but Lord, you're going to be the light of it all. And I can't wait to see you face to face. And thank you for your amazing grace.